Trying again can be really hard. Trying again can take a lot of courage, take a lot of faith, can take a lot of wherewithal to attempt to do something again that, that didn't really work out the first time. We can learn a lot of unfortunate lessons when things don't really go our way, when things don't really turn out the way we expected or really follow our plans. And this gets really hard when we're trying to do something that's really important to us, that we really want, that really feels vital. To be faced with failure, to be faced with a complete lack of success or attainment in things that really matter can be gutting. Failure has a really specific and particular sting to it when it happens and can have a really enduring weight to live with. But it doesn't have to be this way. Failure can be helpful. We can renegotiate our relationship with things like failure, with things like trying, because the meaning we apply to it is simply the meaning we've decided to apply to it. It's whatever belief we've constructed around the idea of trial and error. We're the meaning makers in our own lives. And just like everything else, we've decided what trying and failing mean. We've decided what trying and failing mean for us, for our beliefs about ourselves, for our beliefs about life, for our course of action, for our choices of what to do and what not to do. But when we get too overly caught up in things like failure, when we get too overly caught up in the seeming futility of trying over and over and over again and not really getting anywhere, it can be really easy to apply meaning to this a little too early, to kind of jump the gun from the perspective of what there is to be learned about this, what there is to be absorbed and applied to our life. And a lot of these things get really hard when we're talking about the big stuff things that are really important to us, the things that when they don't come through are really emotionally damaging. When we really take a big hit with something that we want so badly, it doesn't come to us. Or even worse, when there's something that we want so badly to be openly and thoroughly rejected over, that hurts. That leaves a mark. That often leaves scars. The beauty of we being the ones who identify and apply meaning to everything that happens to us means we also have the agency and the ability to reapply meaning. That as new information comes in, to re-examine things that we've already internalized, to look at things anew with a fresher perspective, with a more complete point of view. We're always learning. We're always learning and we're always growing in one direction or another. And with awareness, we start to see what these directions are. We start to be able to look at the path of our life and the path of our own growth and evolution from a more conscious place, which creates the ability to move through life in a more intentional way, in a more conscious way. And just like everything else, we increase our consciousness by paying attention, we increase our consciousness by bringing awareness 
into any aspect of life. But when we try something really big, when we do something that's really important to us, and it doesn't work out, when it goes down in flames, we're left, at least emotionally, fairly brutalized over it. How do we recover from that? How do we separate the things in our life where pursuit really is futile, where the juice really isn't worth the squeeze? And how do we find the things that, no, we, we actually do need to stay after this in one way or another? This thing is actually really important. And by letting it go, I feel like a part of me dies inside. How do we know the difference? How do we know what's right and what's wrong? How do we know what is our path and how do we know what is a sidetrack? I think like anything else, in order to know, something has to be experienced. We actually have to live through and live with whatever it is to really know what it is and really know what it is for us. And with enough awareness, with enough paying attention, we will know. And better than that, we'll know when we know. It'll be obvious. The truth always is. When we're going through life, when we're looking at the things that we try, then we start to look at our own responses, our own reactions, to things not going our way, not going well for us, to taking a hit, it's important to look at, are these responses making our lives better or worse? Are these habits that we've built around what we do and what we don't do, is that really leading us to the life we want? Is that really leading us to a life that feels like ours, that feels comfortable, that feels like it fits? It's important to ask ourselves these questions because ultimately we're the only ones who can ever answer them. We're the only ones who can really ever know, for sure. And so when we look at our lives and we look at things we've done and the things we haven't done, especially if we've tried a lot of things and failed fairly frequently, it can be really easy to just, kind of in a knee-jerk way, just pull things off the table. Say, okay, well, yeah, that's something I really wanted, but I just can't take the pain of another hit, or I just can't justify to myself rationally that this makes any kind of sense. My lived experience is too at odds with my hopes. And when we do spot these sorts of conflicts, it is really important that they be reconciled. It's really important that our life makes sense to us. That's what understanding is. That's what consciousness is. Things making sense, things being known. And oftentimes what it takes for things to be known is not only for them to be lived with and experienced, but for some amount of time to pass. Yet the knowledge and awareness we can absorb is obviously directly relative to the time and the depth that we spend with things. So obviously we can really get in our own way by being overly reactive. We try to do something and it fails and we immediately vow to never, ever, ever, ever do that again. Maybe that's the wrong lesson. Maybe that's an overreaction. Similarly, in the same circumstance, if we try something and it immediately fails and we just as immediately just dive right back in and do it again and see the same results and the same patterns happen over and over again, maybe these reactions aren't very helpful either. Maybe we're missing something fundamental. 
if we could just slow down a bit and live with what just happened a little longer before we jump into what we're doing next, that that might be useful. That might be helpful. So when we start bringing awareness to what we do and what we want, how those things have historically gone for us, and then take it to the next level of, well, what sort of lessons have I absorbed over my lifetime of doing and how accurate, how truthful, and how helpful have those lessons been? Then we really start to get somewhere. We really start to build understanding that's based on far more than individual events that actually takes into account far more of the aggregate, far more of the whole. Our thinking and our perspectives become far more holistic, far more informed and nuanced because we're considering far more. We're really looking at things how they are in as much totality as we can. We're seeking after the whole truth, not just bits and pieces, not just clues. But there's even another dimension to this trial and error, one that can become incredibly powerful, and that's the element of social pressure. We can be endeavoring after something, really trying our best, really not just being a reactive, repetitive automaton, really going into things thoughtfully and intentionally, and them still not working out anyway. The people around us, oftentimes the people that are around us and care about us, can really encourage us to just stop it. Just put it down. Just do something else. They grow tired and weary of watching us take damage. They may be reacting to seemingly us living in a fantasy world, in a world that is a bit untethered from reality where expectation doesn't really line up with past experience. And when we encounter these social pressures, they're really difficult to navigate because on one hand, we can have the desire and the momentum of what we're pursuing. On the other hand, we can feel the pressure coming from people outside of us. That can stir up all sorts of complicated feelings. But like everything else, the answer isn't one thing. The answer isn't just to be hard-headed in the face of everything and just keep pounding away anyway. The answer isn't just stop doing what you're doing as soon as it seems like it may never work. We have to keep going. We have no choice. Life has to be lived. We can't stop. But we are the ones that have to choose which direction we go. We're the ones who get to choose what we do, what we don't do, what we think, what we believe, what we accept, what we reject, what we absorb, and what glances off of us. We're the ones with ultimate responsibility over our lives. We're the ones with ultimate control over what we do. And when something's really important to us, when we've tried things haven't gone our way over and over again, or we tried something really big and it crashed and burned, it's up to us to decide what to do next. The easy part is what to do next immediately after one of these 
so-called failures. Usually the best answer in those times is just pay attention. Really absorb the feedback from what we've just experienced. Really listen. Because sometimes when we try things and they don't work, it's because we're not really listening. We're not really having a dialogue with life. We're trying to force and shoehorn our monologue onto life as the way things are. We're trying to implant our opinions on the way things should be, while at the same time missing how things actually are. And when we do this, we can act from a false and faulty set of ideas. When we do this, that can just create more harm. That can just lead us further astray. Because we're not actually doing things based on how things actually are. We're doing things based on how we think things are. And if we're wrong, which a lot of times our assumptions are at least a little wrong, then that just spins us off further away. But if we're not listening, if we're not really paying attention, if we're not really taking this in, we don't even know. We're missing the message. So we just keep doing things without integrating in the feedback that would be really helpful. We're not really understanding the assignment. We're just continuing to turn in homework after homework after homework. We keep seeing these terrible grades and it's like, what's going on? This is, this stuff is magnificent. Have you looked at this? It's inspired. But is it? We'll know by our experience. We know that things are working when things are working. We know things aren't working when they're not working. It's not really that complicated. We like to make it complicated. We can make things really complicated when we start adding in things like rationalizations, delusion, denial. Because what are these things? These are ways to avoid the truth. Ways to avoid learning. Or at least, ways to avoid learning that are grounded in reality. But when it comes to things like trying and social pressure, we have to figure out what we need. We have to figure out what's actually important to us. If we haven't already, we have to figure out on a deep level who we actually are and what really matters to us. Because those things alone will illuminate a path for us. It may not be very clear. We may only be able to see a little ways, maybe just the next step. But illuminated it is. But it doesn't mean that it isn't hard. It doesn't mean that it isn't hard to go against social pressure when we need to. It also doesn't mean that it isn't hard to actually listen to social pressure. Because maybe it's informing us of something we're missing. Maybe it's right. But again, we'll only know if we pay attention. We'll only know if we try. And maybe, yes, we need to keep going. And maybe, yes, we need to integrate some of these ideas embedded in this social pressure. Again, only we'll know. But we have to keep going one way or another. Whether it's towards this thing or whether it's towards something else. We get to choose. And the truth is, there's really no wrong answer. Our life can be made 
from any set of experiences. And yes, there are definitely certain situations and courses of action that feel better, that feel more for us. But there's always something to be gained from whatever happens. Even if nothing happens, that's still valuable. There's always something to be learned. There's always some positive growth that we can make no matter what happens to us. But one of the worst things we can do is start listening to fear a little too much. And that's where this dynamic of social pressure can get really difficult. That if we're already going into what we're going into with a little bit of fear, and then people, even well-meaning people from the outside, cast some sort of doubt or try to persuade you away from doing what you're trying to do, it can be really easy to have that fear multiplied. It can be really easy for that fear to go from a manageable obstacle to an insurmountable one. And the way that I like to think about it is, in a broad brush sort of way, if I'm making a decision based on fear, I'm probably making the wrong choice. It doesn't mean I don't listen to fear. That doesn't mean that fear isn't a part of the process and often a very welcome messenger. There's something embedded in that fear that actually is pretty vital for me to know. Whether it's about what I'm doing or whether it's about myself, the fear is useful. If I'm solely just listening to my fear, if I'm letting my fear drive my course of action, then I know just through experience, I'm probably not going to be very happy with the result. Probably not going to enjoy living this experience. That fear as a choreographer leads to a very awkward and uncomfortable dance. But it's easy to do. It's easy to give in to fear. It's easy to acquiesce to the pain that fear brings up. But those things that we really need to do, that we really feel it's important for us to find a way to experience, we really do need to listen to that. When we know that for a fact, when we know that in our bones, when we know that on a deep level of ourself, that something is important to us, something is needed, then in that case, it becomes really important to not abandon that knowing, to stay with it, to hold it, to know it. Doesn't mean that we need to immediately do something that makes that happen, but it does mean that we sit with it, we integrate it, we know that this is a part of ourselves and we accept all part of ourselves universally. This is just us. This is who we are. This is what we are. And the sooner we accept it, the sooner we make peace with it, the better. Because that's the truth as well. But if we find ourselves getting a lot of pressure, either externally or internally, to not try again, to let things go, let our dreams go, let our really important, really meaningful desires go. I can tell you that walking that path can be a pretty dark one, which of course it is, because the path of light is the opposite. 
And again, ultimately, we get to choose. We get to choose which path we walk down. But if we look at trying and failing through our lives, I think there's one awareness, one distinction that's really important to make. And that is, why are we here? Why are we here, really? Why are we in these bodies, really? Why are we walking around, doing what we do every single day? Why? I like to think that it's two things, ultimately. Ultimately, we are here to learn and to grow. And this learning and growing is always happening. It's automatic. We don't actually have to do anything to learn, and we don't have to do anything to grow. We're already learning and growing. Every new sensory sensation, every new piece of information, every new experience causes us to learn. And every bit of learning leads to some sort of growth. And of course, not all growth is positive. And all that learning isn't even always necessarily true. But it's always happening. It's unavoidable. That's life. Life is growth. And growth happens in the direction of our learning. But then that's where we get to the beauty of being this human animal, of having this consciousness where we get to choose. We get to choose our learning. And thus we get to choose our direction of growth. And so when it comes to something like trial and error, even if it's something really big, even if it's something we've failed really hard, one thing's for sure, we learned something. And another thing's for sure, we grew. And of course, it's up to us what we learn, and it's up to us how we grow. But that's really the whole point. That's really what life is, this learning and growing. And when we look back at the things we've tried, and we think about trying again, that didn't go right for us the first time or even a whole bunch of times, including the last time, at the very least, we learned something. And if it's really important to us, if we need to try again, we get to integrate that learning. In fact, it may be that the only way to learn that was to try and to fail. That there's actually nothing wrong here. There's nothing out of order. That we were supposed to learn that, and so we did. And again, how we apply that. The lessons we take from it is completely up to us. But the learning happened anyway. And so sometimes when we try something and we fail, or it doesn't go our way and we spin out and have to retreat and lick our wounds for a bit, we can really use that to inform, well, what do we really want? Is that thing we want, does it actually live here? Is there some fault in my awareness or assumptions or ideas? Or have I just learned how to do it better the next time? Have I just grown in the direction of actually being better at doing the thing I want to do? Because now I have some experience. Now I've let it tell me what I need to be. I've let it help me to know what I need to do. I've gotten better in the pursuit of this thing I actually want through chasing after it and not catching it. 
probably learned a little something about myself. Probably learned a little something about life. Probably learned a little something about other people even. But the education has always happened. And we can use our failures, can use our errors to inform the next time. We can always try again, no matter what it is. Maybe we can't try the same way. Maybe we, if we went really big on something, we got to figure out how to go a little smaller. But we can always try again. And if we fail, it doesn't kill us. It doesn't really damage us. It doesn't hurt anyone around us. Is that failure really so bad? Because if ultimately we're here to learn and grow, if we accept that premise, well, mission accomplished. We may not like what we've learned. We may have grown a few wounds and ultimately a few scars. But we can always try again. We don't have to abandon that part of ourselves, that wants and needs, whatever we're striving after. We can keep going. We can keep pursuing. We can keep working to find the way to how this thing becomes a part of our lives. Because if it hasn't happened yet, then we don't know it yet. And we'll only know it through experiencing. And we experience it through living our life, integrating what we've learned, growing in the direction towards a more full version of ourselves, and then continuing on towards what we really want, because ultimately, that will be an expression of who we really are. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All episodes are given freely. If you feel inspired to give, please visit theunionpath.com forward slash donate. If you have a question, you can contact me at theunionpath at gmail.com. Take care and all the best. Thank you.